Hey everybody, welcome back to the Page 8 Podcast, brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm your host, Jake Weiss. Joining me on today's show is... I'm Callie Stanford. We've got lots of guests and lots of sports to cover today. With that being said, let's get it started. Hey, this is Evan Melins, online editor of the Auburn Plainsman. I just want to remind everyone, if you'd like to support this organization and our podcast team, you can log on to theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here in Auburn. Once again, that's theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. All right, Jake, can you give us a rehashing of Auburn softball this past weekend? Yeah, it was a pretty weird weekend for Auburn softball. Um, you know, Saturday, they did not look good. They lost to Kennesaw State 2-0 to zero in the first game of a doubleheader. In the second game, they played number 13, Florida State, and they lost 10-1. to one. They actually got mercy ruled. Um, they only played five innings that game. And then on Sunday, um, you know, they played Florida State and Kennesaw State again. First game was against Florida State. They won 2-1. to one. And then that second game was against Kennesaw, and they won that one 4-3. to three. So definitely a weird weekend, I thought. What do you think they've got to focus on? They've got a long stretch of SEC games coming up. What's the focus going to be? Yeah, so actually yesterday, uh, Mickey Dean and KK Dismukes had a media availability. Um, previewing Missouri, that's the next game this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, going to be traveling to Missouri to play them. And, you know, the biggest thing they talked about, both of them talked about, was just, like, getting adjusted to the road. Um, you know, Auburn's really only had one true road game, which was against Troy, which is in-state. It's not really a lot of travel. They haven't traveled a ton. Um, so that's going to be the biggest thing, I think, this weekend to watch out for is if they can keep up their energy. Uh, especially, let's say, Friday they lost. You know, how do they respond? Because you're not at home. You're not at J.B. Moore Field. You're on the road. So that's going to be the biggest thing, I think. All right, that sounds good. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Nope, I think that's going to be it. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Awesome, thanks. Um, next up, we've got Jake Gonzalez. He's going to come talk about a little, a little bit about Auburn soccer's matchup with Alabama and also look about what happened last week against Louisville. Uh, Jake, welcome to the show. Yeah, glad to be back. You know, it's third week on, third week rolling on this podcast. You know, Having a good time and looking forward to how we're getting this thing going. Great, I'm glad to hear it. Um, you know, So first things first, Auburn soccer took on Louisville last weekend. Can you talk a little bit about that game? Yeah, that was a that was definitely an interesting game. Um, it was kind of a typical Auburn game, you know, where it's going to be a pretty much a dogfight until the very last moment, you know. Uh, it's a game went to double overtime. Um, it took about 107 minutes before there was a PK, and then Sarah Houch and the senior kind of stepped up and just slaughtered it away for the win. Great, and you know, so obviously this weekend's a big matchup for Auburn soccer. They've got to go to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. Um, second time this season they'll play Alabama. First time was at the Auburn Soccer Complex back when the fall season was going on. Uh, you know, can you talk a little bit about what happened last time and talk about what to expect this weekend? Um, again, it's it's a typical Auburn game. One of the things we kind of we've talked about a little bit is it's you know if Auburn scores one goal early, they're usually just going to sit in the fence and they're going to find a way to get a get a win out of it. But if they go one behind, it's it's going to be a tough sledding. Um, and that that was kind of the case with this Alabama game in the last matchup. Um, you know, thirty six minute, uh, Alabama, Alabama put a ball in the back of the net and it was. That's pretty much it for Auburn. They couldn't find a way to get it, get an attack going, really kind of set it up, and trying to find a way to actually get that tying goal and even force an overtime or even get a winner. So looking ahead to this weekend's matchup uh, in Tuscaloosa, what do you think some of the keys for Auburn is going to are going to be this weekend? Um, first off, it's going to be the defense. Obviously, that's that's the biggest point for this Auburn team. That's that's kind of their strong suit is really the defense. Um, but more importantly, going on the attack, it's going to be looking at Anna Haddock, uh, Mallory Mooney, Olivia Candelino. 
um, and Sydney Richards, really, because I think RES got hurt this uh, past weekend. Um, and that's kind of got to be the point for Auburn to really focus on, is finding a way to get more potent attacks. Um, you know, obviously, we've seen the past three or four weeks they've scored one goal or something like that, or zero goals. It's kind of going to step it up a little bit, you know, especially with the, with the defense that y'all have in the back. Like, you got to really kind of put it up a little bit. You got to put some more points on the board. So it's really got to be kind of a kind of key to use those wide areas as kind of the, the lynch point for this team. Um, you know, Anna Haddock's doing a lot for the, the attacking game, but it's got to be more than just her. And that's kind of be the, the really big focus is on those wide areas and then especially that front man up front. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Is there anything else that you want to talk about this weekend's matchup? I think we're all good. I mean, that's pretty much it, really. Um, you know, got to look for Anna Haddock and those wide players to kind of kind of step up the attack, really. Great. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, we look forward to having you on again. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, next up we've got Dylan Fox here to cover Auburn baseball. Tell us about that Ole Miss series last weekend that went so bad. Well, uh, I mean, there were some bright spots. Yeah, it was a sweep, uh, but, I mean, two of, the, two of the games were by one run. The first game, Cody Greenhill pitched an absolute gem, kept them scoreless through seven. Unfortunately for them, they had they had Gunnar Hogland. Ole Miss had Gunnar Hogland on the mound, and Gunnar Hogland just you know was just raking through that lineup. the the offense The offense performed you know better as the weekend went on, but uh, that that Friday game was 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 not an exceptional batting performance. Uh, last week on the podcast, I called Stephen Williams. I said Stephen Williams might be the best hitter on this team. Uh, this weekend, he was over eleven with eight strikeouts and no walks. From the from the four spot in the lineup, that's just that can't happen. So I I I think he might. I would hope he rebounds this weekend. But uh, if not, that catcher position might be wide open, especially with with Larue and and uh, and Dahl on the bench. Uh, there's a lot of capable bats on this team. It just uh, it will take time to figure out who they are. Coming out of that, are there any injury updates on players? Oh, yeah. So Jack Owen is back. Jack Owen missed the start of the season with a dislocated finger, I believe. Um, he pitched Sunday in that blowout. He got shelled, but he hasn't pitched in a year. You know, there's you know, all the COVID issues, obviously, and he's coming in out of the bullpen, which you know he hasn't done in a long time, and going up against what might be the hottest offense in the country. So I, I don't expect him to, to pitch like Jacob deGrom immediately. But, yeah, he had a problem with, hang, with hanging his breaking stuff. But um, if he pitches this weekend, I think he'll look better. So Tuesday's game against South Alabama in Montgomery has been postponed due to weather. So going straight into the Kentucky series this weekend, what is there to expect? So the rotation just got released. Uh, it will be Cody, obviously, on Friday, uh, Barnett on Saturday, and then Gonzalez will make the surprise start on Sunday. Cody is the workhorse. He is the best pitcher on this roster, and there's very little doubt about that. Barnett is young. He's, he can be hit or miss. When he's on, he's on. Uh, Gonzalez, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if he's made a start this year. He hasn't made a start in a weekend game, I don't believe. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see how, how Gonzalez does uh, starting, especially, you know, as a freshman. Uh, this Kentucky lineup is, it's towards the bottom of the SEC, but again, it's the SEC. So I, I would expect a lot from this team. Uh, their best their best hitter is a lefty. I believe his name's Collett. I believe that's how you pronounce it. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see more lefties out of the pen. So Jack Owen will probably make another appearance. Uh, Hayden Mullins. Expect Hayden Mullins to get a lot of innings. That's that's who I'd expect to uh, 
get a lot more chances down the season. I really like him. I think he's he's a solid pitcher. He's got a good mix. I really like his changeup especially. So uh, Hayden Mullins is a guy that I, I could turn to if I was Butch or if I was Tim Hudson. That sounds good. Any final thoughts to leave us with? Yes. Uh, as I mentioned before, Stephen Williams is uh, he had a hard weekend. I I would I would have a little concern about him two weeks before the season been playing out in the outfield for for two three years now and two weeks before the season. Hey, I know you haven't played catcher since high school, but can you step behind the plate? when there's already two very good catchers on this roster and Ryan Dahl and Nate LaRue. So I, I'm curious to know, you know, what Butch's thought was. And, 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 you know, now Stephen Williams, he's catching most of these games. He's catching a lot of these pitchers. Uh, he's even subbing in and out uh, for like some specific pitchers. So I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but uh, I, I think as the season goes on, if, if Stephen Williams continues to struggle like he did last weekend, we're going to see a lot more of Nate LaRue and a lot more of Bryson Ware out in right field. Awesome. Thanks for coming. Of course. Thank you. From the Auburn Plainsman, my name is Jack West, and this is your news for the week. Short-term rental properties like Airbnbs will now be prohibited in several single-family residential Auburn neighborhoods. Last Tuesday, the Auburn City Council voted 5-3 to three to approve an amendment which would curtail where these short-term rental properties could be. This vote came after years of arguments in both the council and the community broadly about the role these kinds of properties should have in Auburn. In other news, a new organization in Auburn's College of Business called Women in Technology is holding workshops and speaking events dedicated to helping women develop professional skills like resume building and interview techniques. The group's vice president, Morgan Lyons, said she joined the organization because she has a passion for encouraging women to go into the technology field. Quote, Only 28% of women join the technology field, and I hope this organization encourages more business students to join. End quote. From the Auburn Plainsman, this has been your news for the week. Now, back to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we've got Henry Zimmer here. He's going to talk about Auburn football. Henry, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be back. Great having you. Um, so first things first, I know you attended Auburn's open practice on Saturday. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you saw? I, I kind of want to know about the receivers. What did you see out of the receiver room? Yeah, so obviously Auburn's top three receivers from last year, Anthony Schwartz, Seth, Seth Williams, and Eli Stove are all entering the NFL draft. So the three kind of staples on the offensive side for catching passes are going to be gone. So there's going to be three at least roles to fill, and probably guys that will be catching balls in the fall will be dudes that you've never really heard about or heard too much about. Uh, you look at Kalen Newton was a guy who was catching a lot of balls. Uh, Javarius Johnson was a guy who Mike Bobo, the offensive coordinator, said was uh, kind of his standout in the last couple practices. Uh, you got Elijah Canyon is another guy in there. Uh, you got some guys that are injured, banged up. So the receivers is going to be a big storyline just to who's going to step up and who's going to make the plays. They're not the tallest team in the world, but they're definitely not short. So, you know, they're going to have to work around that. And I think uh, they're going to go look to the tight ends probably across the middle of the field to kind of open things up for the wide receivers on the outside uh, because the tight ends are massive and they're going to be the biggest uh, breadth of size for the offense at least. So receivers, you're going to have to start learning some new names because – the William Schwartz Stove Show is uh has hit the road. So I'm glad you brought up tight ends at the very end there, Henry. Um, what do you see at the tight end position on Saturday? Yeah, so it looks like there's going to be four tight ends. Auburn's going to utilize in different packages and in different sets. Uh, Tyler Fromm, Luke Deal, Brandon Frazier, and JJ Pegues. 
their guys, they were moving all around on offense. There were multiple times that Bo Nix sent two tight ends in motion, which is just a breath of fresh air for the Auburn offense. And these guys are huge. I mean, they're all 6'5 plus. I mean, J.J. Puglis is a little under 6'5, but he's 300 pounds. So he makes up for that, you know, two inches with a with some weight on him. And, you know, he was out there blocking for running backs. He was out there running routes. And the tight ends are going to be utilized. I'm not really sure how yet, but the Auburn offense looks to be looking towards the tight ends to kind of split the middle of the field, especially if they don't feel like they have a true number one receiver like they had in the past. They can use tight ends to kind of break that up and get some single coverages on the outside. So it's, you know, it's something to look for. And again, we saw a little bit of it on uh, Saturday, and it's probably going to be a staple moving forward. All right, Henry, and I know you also got a chance to speak with Mike Bobo and Derek Mason at a press conference on Monday, both former SEC coaches. Can you talk a little bit about how Derek Mason, we'll start with Derek Mason. Can you talk a little bit about how Derek Mason kind of came to Auburn? Yeah, so after Derek Mason was fired from Vanderbilt, he actually thought he was going to the NFL. He'd been fielding a lot of uh, different phone calls from across the college ranks and in the professional ranks, and he decided that, you know what, I'm probably done with college for now. I'm going to try and go to the NFL. And uh, Coach Harson gave him a phone call, and they have a previous relationship. They've been to camps and whatnot together. They know each other decently well, at least is what uh, Derek Mason kind of alluded to. And he said after he got that phone call, he told his family they're moving to Auburn. And I don't even think he had the job confirmed yet, but he said he was coming, and you know the rest is history there. He's a real animated guy. He had a lot to say, a lot of good things to say about Auburn, the team, and Coach Harson. But you know it, it speaks a lot that. A guy who was thinking about going to the NFL got one phone call from uh, Brian Harson and said, guys, this is it. This is what we're doing. Uh, and he's coming back to the SEC, and, you know, he's looking to shake things up with our defense. Great. And, you know, speaking about Mike Bobo, I know he was at South Carolina last season. You know, how, how did he get to Auburn? Pretty much the exact same way. I don't know what's going on in these Brian Harson phone calls, but he seems to make one phone call and change a lot of guys' attitudes. But, yeah, Mike Bobo was the interim head coach at South Carolina last season. And again, he was kind of unsure as to what his position was going to be forward, uh, moving forward with South Carolina. And he got a phone call from Brian Harson, and he told his family too, hey, we're coming to Auburn, you know, let's get this thing done. So they both had pretty similar paths. I think they didn't know each other as well as Derek Mason and uh, Harson did already. But I think they had a previous relationship. And he, he at least knows Derek Mason too from coaching in the SEC. So he probably had a guy to look to and call on there. And uh, he talked very highly about Auburn in his press conference, Mike Bobo did. He said that Auburn's pretty much the quintessential college football town. And uh, yeah, he had a lot of good things to say too. And he's not as animated as a guy as Derek Mason. He's pretty monotone. But when he was in monotone, uh, it was when he was talking about Auburn and how excited he is that he's here and how excited he was that he got a job offer and you know how excited he is for the season to come up. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. Is there anything we missed um, from spring football? I don't know. I think uh, talking about the coordinators, Smoke Monday is going to be a guy to really look for to kind of have a breakout season. Uh, Derek Mason said he leads the defense and sometimes leads the entire team as the presence that we all know that he is. Uh, look for Smoke Monday. Uh, apparently, Derek Mason has to pull him from practice sometimes because he's coaching too much from the field. So if that's the case, you know, he's one of the elder statesmen on that defense besides like Owen Papo and Sakobi McLean. I think this could be Smoke Monday's big year to probably make a name for himself nationally and, you know, potentially push to be a high NFL draft pick. Wow. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Henry. Thanks for giving us some insight there. Um, yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. I'll hopefully be back next week. 
Alright, so to wrap things up, Auburn Equestrian is going to be competing Saturday against South Carolina in the SEC Tournament. This will be their third consecutive perfect season, so they're going to compete for a third consecutive SEC Championship. The winner of their meet against South Carolina advances to the championship Saturday to face the winner of Georgia and Texas A&M, so that'll definitely be something to check out. I think that's all we've got for you today, folks. So this has been Page 8, brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm Callie Stanford, here with my host, Jake Weiss.